Welcome to the Hereby Call podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life-changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation. One of the things that I've learned is you're not... Yeah, so maybe I... But you're not looking for a giant spiritual something because you want to know if God's real. Like you're crying for help. Yeah. You just want someone to tell you that you're going to be okay. Yeah. Like you're not like, I need this giant spiritual revelation to know if Joseph Smith was a prophet. Like I just need to know that I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Someone's going to love me and I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Welcome back. It's Jordan and Zach. And today we are joined with Tim. Tim, how you doing? Good. How's it going? <laughs> I'm really excited because Tim walked in with two Diet Mountain Dews and popped them both open and <laughs> sat down. <laughs> so we got quite the story today. But before we start, Tim, what is the official name of the mission you served in? Honduras, San Pedro Sula, Belize. Is, 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 that the, is that what it is today? Or do you know if it like split? It got split while I was there. Elder Scott oh, really? came and officially changed the mission calls of the people there and gave us uh, the El Salvador mission. Okay. So if somebody got called to the El Salvador mission, they would serve the same people that you served. I don't know which El Salvador mission, but yeah. Okay. One of them. So there's multiple. Dang. So let, let's get started from, from the beginning. What made you want to go on a mission? That's a good question. Um, probably my mom. She was a very faithful member. She took a, all five of us kids to church by herself for a while. And we're the first members on either side of the family. And so... Your mom's a convert? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. She converted younger. And just so everybody knows, Tim is both Jordan and I's brother-in-law. He married Jordan's sister. And so we've heard a couple mission stories, but we're excited to hear about it. So she, she converted when she was younger, right? So she did get baptized at like eight or nine and, but they weren't like steady members. Mm -hmm. Her, her parents weren't. I think that back when primary was on Wednesday, it was kind of like free babysitting. So they ended up getting baptized and then they kind of stopped going to church for years and years. She didn't join back up till uh, early twenties after she had a, okay. a kid or two. And stayed pretty faithful from then on and still one of the, if not the most righteous person I know. And so she kind of started talking to me about a mission. I'd never met a missionary, even like through high school. I didn't know anyone. You guys never had the missionaries come over or anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, my dad took the lessons kind of on his own and then got baptized somewhere when I was like eight or nine. But he kind of did it a secretly kind of as a surprise, you know, oh, so, really? like, <laughs> so we, you know, they weren't ever like at our house hanging out or anything. I don't even know who they were. And so, um, she starts talking to me about it and, you know, ex you know, they talk about it all throughout church and, you know, going to go on a mission, going to, but I never sat down and like, what's a mission? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you, what do these guys do? And so, Towards the end of high school, I was like, okay, well, that sounds like a good idea. So I started like really 
trying to get like a testimony of it. And so I, I read the Book of Mormon and we're getting to the time where I'm getting ready to put my paperwork in. And I'm like, I still don't know. Like I, I haven't <laughs> felt nothing. I haven't. And I finished the Book of Mormon. I prayed about it. And like, I remember going to church and I was late and I had to sit in the back and I was like, I was like, this is it. I got to put my paperwork in like, and the next week or like, and I'm sitting there and it's the, it's, I don't remember if it was the primary program or just kids were singing. I, I uh, honestly, but they sang um, a child's prayer and I'm sitting on the back row by myself and like, it just, hit me like I just started crying and I'm like I'm like what is happening <laughs> <laughs> and that was really my first like huge like spiritual like confirmation of something and so I, from then on I was like all right yeah let's do this so that's a good song too that is a great song it, and it sounds like the I think it's either 12 6 where it says you receive no witness until after the trial of your face so like you were putting in the work and yeah, and paper yeah. and everything, but like nothing was coming and that's how it works for a lot of us. So you put, you get your mission call. What were your thoughts when you opened it up and read Honduras? Um, I wasn't, I know my dad had added, um, you, there's comments when you put your paperwork in mm -hmm. and he had added that word like Latin descent and he wanted me to go Spanish speaking. So I was pretty not it, surprised. You didn't speak any Spanish no, prior. No, no Spanish. Because Tim's like the whitest Martinez <laughs> I know. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure my blue eyes. right now my skin is darker than yours. <laughs> Yo sabo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you were expecting to go Spanish speaking. Yeah. I, well, I wasn't like, I didn't know that he had done that until after. So, you know, I, but I wasn't surprised. Like it was. It was like, okay, Honduras, Belize. And I I didn't, I had to look it up. Like I didn't know, I didn't know where it was or what it was. I, was. I just knew they spoke Spanish. So so after you get your mission call, you go to the MTC, which is short for Missionary Training Center. I'm excited that I have to explain that because we have non-members that listen to this podcast, a couple of friends and, yeah. and family. Anyways, so you go to the MTC and they teach you the lessons and how to speak the language before you actually go on your mission, which did you go to the Provo, Utah MTC or where'd you go? Yeah. So I went to Provo, um, took a little flight there and, uh, it was a good time. It was interesting. I mean, so before you go to the missionary training center, your stake president gives you a blessing and sets you apart as a missionary. So you're officially a missionary. And in that blessing, he had blessed me to, you know, love the people, love my companions and with the ability to speak the language and then the ability to heal quickly. I thought that was odd. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. I didn't, I didn't, well, I, I didn't think much of it. Going to get bit by a snake. Yeah. So right off missionary training center, I'm probably three weeks out from leaving there going and I just get these crazy headaches and I'm like, I can't focus. I'm dizzy. And I'm just like, what is going on? So we see the doctor and they determined that I need to get my wisdom teeth out. When my dentist had been like, no, they're good to go. They're growing straight. Well, now they're like impacted somehow. Mm. So we set an appointment, we get them out and uh, I'm laying there. They give me the rest of that day off 
only. And then the next day I had to go back to class. Back in class. So I'm laying there and the, the pain stuff's wearing off and I'm like, this hurts. So I was like, I'm just going to go get some ice. So you walk through the gym where everyone's LeBron James in it. <laughs> and I get just maimed by a basketball in oh, my shut face. Up. Right. Oh, you're swollen. Swollen. Just like, out of surgery. Just, face. just bleeding all over and just get smashed by a basketball. <laughs> and I just lay there. I was like, that sounds about right. And your stake president had some intuition. Yeah. So I go get the ice. I go back and uh, I'm back in class the next day. And it's like, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Right. So then probably another week or two after that, we're walking back from lunch and this guy, you know, there's kind of just weird hallways and stuff there. Like it's kind of a maze. I don't know. It's changed a lot because. Okay. So it's, it's so there was some, there was some like I weird went. hallways we had to go through and whatever. And this guy pops out and he's like, Hey, I've been watching you. I was like, oh. All right, thanks. <laughs> it's not creepy at all. Come in. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I have something that I think is going to really help you. And so I was like, all what? right. I was like, should we follow this guy? <laughs> so we follow this guy to his office. Okay. Yeah. So it was a worker. So this is like a, an yeah, he adult. works. The, yeah, no, no. Yeah. He's, he's like, the MTC is full of magical, just, just weird. I was going to say, did he like, it's like Willy Wonka where they walk towards the door and it gets smaller and smaller. <laughs> like, so he's like, I noticed you got like this acne and I didn't think it was bad. Not enough. No one ever said, you know, when you see someone like you're when you're surrounded by a bunch of 19 year olds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, just like ice. <laughs> and so he, he's like, take this soap. What you do is he had this whole routine, like you get this washcloth, you, you go hot water, you scrub yourself, cold water, and you do like a rinse and repeat kind of thing. And so I was like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, that's, that's a blessing, right? First day I do this soap and it just, it's like a chemical peel. Like burns. Like it just <laughs> burns the top layer and then your skin dries and it's just pulling back on you. And uh, I'm sitting in class and all I can think about is how hot my face is just Ugh. like melting. And, uh. So I do it for like a week. I'm like, I can't handle this no more. And the, the other elders in the district are like, it can't be that bad. You're just a baby. And I was like, do it. So they all did it. And I remember it was the quietest class. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were all just sitting there straight up, just faces burning. <laughs> just like, I was like, I told you guys, come on. That's how you get 19, 20 year olds to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, you nuts. challenge them. So after the MTC, you get on a flight and you go to, was it Belize? Honduras. Honduras. And you touch down and immediately you are out of the U.S. Out of the U.S. What were the first things that you noticed in a different country? Everybody doesn't speak English. <laughs> you think like you leave the after six weeks or whatever in the MTC, you can say a prayer and like say your name and then you get to Honduras and you're like, I don't know crap. I don't, I don't speak this language. <laughs> like, are we, you don't know if you can say your name in Spanish I, you anymore. I couldn't even pick out any of the words they were saying. Mm. And so like, but the, the it was funny. It had to, I wish I could watch it. The mission uh, elders were like, hey, let's, let's get right into the work. Let's start contacting people. So like I'm on this, it had to have been like a, like a toddler talking to him. I'm on this like bus trying to talk to people just blah 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 <laughs> and the the elders were like yeah that's it you got it i was like i don't know i don't think i got this <laughs> so encouraging so yeah and then uh we go to the mission president's house and you stay there for a night and she cooked us just like legit honduran food and i woke up just running to the bathroom so what is when you say legit honduran yeah, what's food, Hon what honduran is food? legit hondurans eat uh, 
anything, first of all. And then they eat a lot of rice and beans, chicken. A lot of them um, kill and like gut their own cows and stuff. Like sometimes you walk by and there's a cow just hanging from the tree because they're so a lot of the meat has lots of hair in it. Like it's like a Furby. (laughs) 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 And so I, so what did you eat though? Was I, it, I you ate, ate a cow or chicken, something? Chicken, oh, chicken, chicken and rice and beans. And I remember like, this chicken is not good. I was like, but I'm not gonna say nothing on the first day. <laughs> like, come on. And so I remember I wrote, I was just read some of the journals. I wrote a lot about how much I did not like the food. Was all. there, was there anything that you did like? Yeah. The like sweet bread. Oh yeah. Chips. <laughs> <laughs> Juice. Soda. <laughs> water. Yeah. Water. Do you drink water down there? Or? They have them in bags. Like you buy these little like bags of like almost Ziploc bags of water, but they're pre-manufactured. Like almost like milk bags you get in elementary school. Uh-huh. Hmm. So uh, from there you have a little meeting with him, with the mission president. And he's like, all right, your area is the farthest one away. It's a five hour bus ride. When the, by bus, they mean school bus. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the bus on Nacho Libre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he, he's like, your companion doesn't speak English. He's this little Guatemalan guy. He's the best. I was like, great. And so we get on this bus, start riding. We're about four hours in. We take a stop and, and we stop at this little like junction place. It's really just a little like TN gas like, station. No, or- no. It's just like a shack that they're selling chips out of. And uh, there's some American elders there. I guess they were going to the somewhere else and that was the junction. And uh, they're sitting there and they're taking bets and they're like five minutes, four minutes, three minutes. He's like, no, no, it's at least 10. And I look over and I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, just watch. And I turn around, there's a, there's a highway and there's a dead pig in it. And I was like, all right. Like roadkill. Like it just road, it just got hit. It's just laying there. Sure enough. It's like, Two minutes later, the first guy riding his bike gets off, just peels this pig off the ground, shoves it on. His, I don't even know how he did it. Put it on his bike. And I was like, what's happening right now? And they're like, that's his dinner for like a week. I was like, where am I? Where am I? <laughs> that's nuts. So day one was great. <laughs> so you get to your first area. You can't even speak Spanish. How was that? Terrible. And, you're, and your companion... Is Guatemalan. And he can't speak English. My command is Guatemalan and he is like robot missionary. Like mission rules, teach, 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 preach, 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 talk to everyone, which was a great example, except for he wasn't interested in me being there. Like he kind of was like a one man show. He ended up being like the AP later in the mission. And probably because, I mean, the kid works so hard. But like, he was not interested in me teaching me Spanish, teaching me how to teach. Like, he's like, just don't get in the way. You can be here. And uh, a lot of times he would teach the whole lesson and then various testimony. And we just get up and leave. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like Simon. So, and then he was super interested in learning English. So I try to ask him Spanish and be like, oh, how would I say? And I was like, okay, it's all. So you were trying to learn Spanish from him. He was trying to learn English from you and it wasn't really working out. Yeah. At least communication wise. So I got, I got pretty frustrated. So I started waking up 
like an hour, hour and a half early and it's just studying it's the Spanish books. And then I'd write them and I'd talk to myself like for days and it ended up towards the end. Of, I mean, probably three months in, I was, I was pretty good. Interesting. I mean, it's kind of a do or die. Like yeah. you get thrust into it. Either you're going to just be worthless or you're going to figure it out. Yeah. So this is your, your first transfer, at least your first area you're together. And then what happens? So I, uh, we had, we, we had a lot of success there. It was good. And then, um, you know, part of my patriarchal blessing talked about my mission and how, um, I would be sent to places where people specifically for me, and I would be the only one to help them. And we saw that in that first area, there was a family who had been perpetual investigators. Everybody has them. Like when you run out of things to do, you go see the perpetual investigator. <laughs> <laughs> like when, when everything falls through, you're like, let's just go see what we can do with them. And uh, they, I, I really like, just bonded with them. Even though I didn't speak Spanish, like the little Spanish I knew, like it was fun and they had a good time. And towards the end, I was there for two changes. So three months towards the very end, um, we went on splits where you go with a different guy and I went to visit them. And, uh, um, after, after the very first time I found out that I was staying there, he had like, talked to me and he's like, Hey, um, this is the, the father, this is the dad. Okay. This is the dad. He's like, he's like, there's something about you. I don't know what it is. He's like, and I prayed that if you didn't get a change, I would get baptized. And then the, I mean, this is after the fact he's telling me this and he's like, uh, and so I'm, I, I just wanted you to know that that's why we got baptized. Like that was the answer to our prayers. And He's like, you, you mean a lot to us and I appreciate it. Like all that you've done for us. He's like, we've seen a lot of missionaries through here and that, and that, um, that really like struck a chord with me like, oh yeah, this is like literal prophecy being fulfilled, you know, in my life. And then, uh, after that, I started having some, just like some issues that I didn't know what they were. Turns out it was the anxiety, like really really severe anxiety slash like a panic disorder. And I remember one night, one of the elders, the American elders had given me a book and it was called drawing upon the powers of heaven. And it was about how you could take your faith and make it better and become more faithful. You know, one of those kind of things like, uh, through prayer and, um, fasting and things like that. And they were just, and, and it got me like questioning my own faith and like how strong my faith was. And I started having these like doubts and these concerns and, but not like, is that what triggered it though? Yeah. What made, you was said, it the book that triggered it or did it, the was book kind of triggered it or was it just like, you just think it's kind of natural. I, I just think it was the natural progression where it's kind of like, you know, it just builds up. And then one, you know, one thing is just kind of the last straw and, yeah. that, and that's what you unfortunately like link this, you know, becomes a trigger for you. So I was sitting outside, right. And, and I'm eating one of those, like, uh, they call them paluchas. 
they're little red things. They kind of look like strawberries with long hairs on oh. them. Oh. And you, you bust them open. Like, I think they're called dragon fruit, maybe? Nah. And you bust them open, there's a big seed. Yeah, they have them in Brazil. So I'm going to Google it right now. Yeah. So I'm sucking on this thing. I'm outside just looking at the stars. My companion's inside, and every night he would get in his garments, and he would just, like, play the drums on his belly. <laughs> Yeah, dude, <laughs> missionaries are so weird. <laughs> so he's in there playing the drums on his belly, right? Is this an American or? No, no, no. He's the Guatemalan. Okay. And I swallow this thing, but it gets stuck. Oh. And it's like a really slow, like you get a chip that's just like dragging down your throat. Oh. Yeah. And, and I'm like, like I can't breathe and I'm out there just like. All right, is this thing gonna go all the way down, or is I'm dying? Why this guy's playing the die? Bongos. This guy's <laughs> gonna play, play, the, play your funeral, <laughs> playing belly bongos. <laughs> and and I have this like, and th this is what just like I have this like panic attack, right? And this all this adrenaline releases, and which is which in anyone anyone would have, right? right. Uh -huh. And so like finally like it goes down, but the panic didn't go away, and the and the and the adrenaline didn't go away, and then like in that moment. I remember it just felt like like my brain broke. Like I could not stop the flood of thoughts and the cycle just these constant they're the same thoughts. They just keep bombarding you over and over and over and it's just monotonous. And uh, I started getting like every day I would get just a little bit more tense, a little bit more like we like shorter breath, like tense like in the chest or No, tense like someone's just sitting on you like mm -hmm. on your chest. And then I would get, uh, like I wouldn't sleep. I would just yeah. wake up. And when I did sleep, I'd wake up just real sweaty and in a panic and just like hot all the time. And I started having these like almost daydream, like delusion kind of things. Like when you were awake though? I was, yeah. yeah. Well, so we were teaching a guy on the street and he had a gun and I had this, like this just, impulsive vision and I grabbed this guy's gun and I shot him and it was real. Like I felt like it happened and I just turned around and I started walking away and my companion's like, where are you going? I, was like, I don't know anywhere, but here yeah. like, we're going that way. And like, so I, I had just found out that I was going to get changed out of there. The traveling APs came, the traveling APs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cooking APs, cleaning APs. So they came down and I was like, Hey, I took one of them aside and I was like, Hey, I, something's not right. I need to talk to someone about this. And they're like, well, well we can have the mission present here in five hours or, or you're getting changed in two days. And I was like, I can wait. So that's, that's where it all just like hit the fan. Like I knew something was wrong. And, and knew something was like seriously wrong. Like I'm not okay. So you're, you're distorted. A, distorted you're yeah. a, you're a high functioning zombie pretty much. Like you're, you're not sleeping. You're having these. Yeah. You're having these things. But, but when I talk to you, you would never know. Like when I talk to the members, I can pull out of it and have fun and, and teach a lesson. And then, and then, and, but it's not like you don't go back into it. You're always in it. Every time you're not thinking about something, that's your default thought. 
Like yeah. every yeah. time you, you like, it's, it's the overwhelming. You said there's like this repetitive thought. What, what were these thoughts? Were they just. My, mine were based on like faith and, and like. You not, think it was that book that you had read? Oh, for sure. That, so if I hadn't read that book, I still would have ended up with the anxiety. It just wouldn't have been linked connected to. Yeah. Okay. It just, it just went yeah. back to. It would have maybe taken a little longer to manifest itself, like slowly built up, but it would have come out. Like you're 10,000 miles away from your house. You're on a mission. It's stressful as is. And it just yeah. boils over until it happens. Like. It's a, it's a, yeah, for sure. Some investigator would have, would have asked you something or you would have yeah. gotten in a Bible bash or something with somebody and then it would have triggered the same thing. But so, so we go to, we go to these changes and, um, I meet my new companion and then like, Hey, these elders need to have a visit with the president. And so I go in there and he, he's like, Hey, what's going on? And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm not okay. Like something's wrong. And I was like, I'm having these doubts. And like, and then I kind of told him the rest, like I'm having these physical, like I, my chest is so tight. I can barely breathe. And I'm having these like weird daydream vision things. And like, I can't stop the obsessive thinking about like faith and whatever. And he's like, um, do you know the last interview I just had? And I was like, no, I, I clearly I don't like, I didn't say anything, but I was, you know, I was like, no. And he's like, the last elder to come in here asked me, um, president, how do I love the people more? Like, what can I do to love them more? And he started crying and I was like, okay. And he's like, you need to stop focusing on yourself and lose yourself in the work. He's like, you got all these questions about faith or whatever. That's fine. He's like, do you believe that God is real? And I was like, I want to. He's like, there's your faith. Go with that. I was like, okay. And he's like, you need to lose yourself in the work. He's like, you're being selfish. So um, you're sign searching. He's like, you think you're going to get this vision or this dream and it's not going to happen. He's like, go lose yourself in the work and you'll be okay. Like learn to love the people. And I can remember thinking like, my problem is not loving the people. Yeah, I'm, I'm working, I'm serving. <laughs> yeah, I'm like baptizing. Yeah. So that was it. Like, and I left and and traveled, you know, back another four or five hours to the other side of the country. Got a new companion. And uh did you just feel like how I don't know. We me and Zach, we talk a lot about how awesome mission presidents are, but they're obviously they're men and they're, you know, what were your thoughts? Towards your, like, did you just feel doomed to, I still didn't know what was going on. So I, I, you didn't even know you had anxiety. You're just like, this no, is not right. Like, I just Something's not okay. Wrong. And and maybe he's right. So I left thinking like, let me try to be all more right, faithful. I, and, I need to be more faithful. It is me. Like I'm the problem here. I need to have more faith. I need to be more obedient. And like, I need to do what he's saying. He's my ecclesiastical leader. Mm-hmm. And you know, if there, if there's one message that I want to leave with, people maybe serving a mission or just in general in life. Like if you feel like you're not okay and there's something wrong, you're not okay. Like go talk to someone. Yeah. You need to figure it out because it's not normal to walk around thinking that you're not okay. Like most people think about what they're going to eat for lunch or, you know, <laughs> yeah. what they're going to do the rest of the day or, you know, maybe a conversation they're about to have, but they don't walk around thinking like, I'm not okay. Like I don't feel right. And my something wrong with my brain. Like if that's even an inkling of that, please go talk to someone and don't take no for an answer. 
Do you, do you feel like, and maybe it was a misunderstanding from your mission president. Do you feel like in that time, that quote unquote faith crisis that you were looking for a big sign of faith? Um, I don't, I did I don't think I was. The only reason why, the only reason why I bring that up is, is the only reason why I bring that up is I was going for a jog last night and Henry B. Eyring talked about that in his last talk about how some people are looking for this monumental revelation rather than these, these little pushes that the spirit might give you. Okay. Yeah. So let me, let me back up a little bit. Right when it first started, I, I told my first companion that something was, something was wrong. And he's like, go in that room and pray until uh -huh. you get an answer. Right. Uh -huh. So I was in there a good while <laughs> and, 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 so far, this has held true with the rest of my life. Right before I get a really, really big trial, I get a spiritual experience. And it's and I think it's just kind of like, this is going to suck. Mm -hmm. This is going to be hard, but here's something just to ground you. And unfortunately and awesome at the same time, they keep getting like more spiritual. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so can you just give me that without the draw? Yeah. Yeah. No. It, yeah. So like, but it works. Like, so I knelt down and uh, I had a scripture pop in my head, like just a black screen and the words went through and white. And it was, um, I think John 14, seven, like, my peace I leave with you, peace be unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not thou be afraid. And that was it. And then I was like, okay, like I can do this. And then I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, again, I'm, the reason why I asked that is, so I went through what you're talking about, not not on my mission right. um, later in life when I- So many people have. Yeah. And, you know, I, I almost- I don't know. I, I don't want to say I wish I did go through it on my mission, but I had a wife and kids, you know, and they're, Oh yeah. So it was, it was really hard, but I, I personally was looking for that, that massive revelation. And it took me literally hitting rock bottom for me to get that. And where, where I, when I look back, I was like, dang, I, I could have, maybe I did get all these little spiritual. Do you know what, you know, one of the things that I've learned is you're not, I don't think you're looking for, I get what you're saying. And, and yeah, so maybe I, but you're not looking for a s giant spiritual something because you want to know if God's real, like you're crying for help. Yeah. You just want someone to tell you that you're going to be okay. Yeah. Like, you're not like, I need this giant spiritual revelation to know if Joseph Smith was a prophet. Like, I just need to know that I'm going to wake up tomorrow. And someone's going to love me. And I'm going to be okay. Yeah. That's like, a good way to put it. That's it. So yeah, maybe you're science searching, but it's not for the reason that he thought I was science. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly what I'm getting at. We're, we're, when I went through it, all I, again, all I, all I wanted to know was that everything was going to be okay. I didn't want to like, right. The, the, my roof is ripped from my house and an angel comes in or whatever. I just right. was like, just give me something that to make tomorrow better. But and yeah. I guess that goes back to why I asked that question. So but, one of the other things that, I've learned is that when you have like anxiety and depression and you don't feel the spirit, it's not there. It's, it's, you physically cannot be in a place for me at least where you're so tense, you're so 
obsessive compulsive in your head that you have to look for it in other ways. So yeah. uh, I start paying real close attention to other things that p- other people say or just random people come into your life and, and, and help you. That's a good way to put it. I think, and again, I, a lot of, I know a lot of missionaries have troubles like this, you know, and it hit you on your mission. You had no idea what this was. You had never felt anything like this and you had, you know, it, it really rocks your world. But I think that's also awesome that you have found ways to understand how the spirit could work with you in a situation like that. Yeah. That's like recent. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, so that wasn't on your mission. Yeah. So, oh, no. so you go to your, your second transfer or your second area. Sorry. Your mission president has given you some advice. Yeah. So I get there and it's an American companion. Uh, he's from California. He's about to go home. He's got like a month and a half left maybe. And we're like two weeks in and we have the companionship inventory Right. Mm-hmm. So th- that's when you and your companion once, once a week, you sit down with one, your companion and do go through this long period of planning for the upcoming week of what your plans are. And then you, you, we call it companionship inventory. We talk about how are we doing together? At, yeah. You know, our it's, relationship. It's like, uh, an approved way to just bash each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's like marriage counseling. It's but. like, it's like the, it's like, as long as you say no offense, you can say whatever you want. It's like, well, we're scheduled to talk about this. So let me tell you about something here, buddy. <laughs> but I said no offense. <laughs> but so I said, you no, can't. but it, this was scheduled. So we're allowed to it, do it. It's, it's like, time to get things off yeah, your chest. Yeah. yeah. They, it, it gets ugly sometimes. So we sit down and he's like, Hey, you don't have the spirit. And I was like, okay, yeah, I know. And he's like, there's something wrong with you too. And I was like, yeah, I know. I hadn't tell, I decided not to t- say anything. And he's like, no, I was like, he's like, no, there's something really wrong with you. And he's like, he could tell like, you never sleep. You're always just like up. Like you're like a zombie when we're walking in the streets. And I was like, yeah, no, yeah. I, I tried to talk to the president about it, blah, blah, blah. You know, I kind of went back and told him about it. And he's like, he's like, get that guy on the phone. So he calls the mission president, right? The president gets on the phone and he's like, something's wrong with Elder Martinez. And he's like, well, let me talk to him. So I was like, hey, president. <laughs> like, <laughs> Your voice cracks yeah. just like that. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Agni's gone. <laughs> <laughs> My face burns. Yeah, face burns. And he's like, he's like, well, what's going on? I was like, I'm still not okay. Like, I'm not sleeping. And, and like, I'm waking up. I, I was having these like um, hot flashes. Like, they would just last all night. And like, I felt like I was going through menopause. I don't know what that's like, but I imagine. And I would be, I would just wake up just drenched in sweat. And then, um, I was, I, so I told him like, I'm not okay. Like something's wrong. And he's like, well, what, what, uh, what else? Uh, he's like, you still having some faith issues? I was like, oh yeah, that's there. Like, I was like, that's like on a loop in my head. And he's like, he's like, okay. He's like, I think you're going to be okay. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'm not okay. He's like, you're going to be okay. And I was like, I don't even know if I believe in God anymore. And he said, elder, somebody made you. And then he hung up. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like, I was like, and I remember in my, in my journal, I didn't even write about that phone call. I just wrote, clearly the president doesn't want to help me. So I, uh, 
my, my companion, <laughs> he, he's like, what'd he say? And I was like, somebody made me. He's like, no, but what'd he say? I was like, that's what he said. And he's like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. I was like, yeah. So from then on, I was like, I, I'm just going to have to like, just suck it up. Like what else? Like, I'm not going home. I'm not going to like, I don't even know what this is, but I was getting bad. Like I was like, it was getting worse. It was just, I remember. So right after that, I would wake up in the morning and my companion would get up and, and go take a shower. And I'd just like, I'm going to work out. And I'd, I'd be so hot all the time, just so hot. And I, I'd go in the other room and I'd lay on the floor cause it was tile. And I, I like, yeah, I'm just going to work out over here. Just jump and do a push up or something. And I would just lay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just lay on the tile and I just close my eyes and I just be like, Heavenly father, like just help me. And then I would just lay there and I just, I remember just chanting over and over. I'm going to be okay. We're going to be okay. This is going to be okay. We're going to be okay. I can do this. I can do this. Just over and over and over until my companion got out of the shower. I was like, oh yeah, it's 45. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one of those like kind of tender mercies was uh, I went on changes with another elder and he's like, Hey, I heard you have some issues. And he's, he's like, from what it sounds like I had the same thing. It's called anxiety. And he gave me a book and, and that was like a godsend like this. I stopped studying scriptures and I just dove into this book. And I, I remember just like reading this book and just bawling like that. I'm not crazy. Like there is everything. Yeah. It's all making sense now. And I got some very rudimentary, like basic skills on how to cope. And that's just what I use the rest of my missions. Just very basic stuff that, that you, whatever you can find in a book and teach yourself. And it was, it was a pretty small book too. And, uh, so from then on, I, I didn't tell any companions like anything, but it definitely, put a strain on a lot of relationships companionship wise from then on. What, what was the strain? Cause you were, you were working, you were obedient. What the strain was that because I had linked my anxiety to faith and obedience that if I wasn't obedient, like um, we're talking like a with exactness, like I got panic attacks and instead of just sitting these guys down, my companions and being like, Hey, if we're not there on time, all the adrenaline in my body is going to release for seven days. Oh, and shit. then I'm going to have, so I'm going to push us to get yeah, there. So on I'm going to make us regardless of what you're going through mm -hmm. or what you, I remember we came in to take lunch at home and my companions like, I'm going to take a nap. I was like, all right, we're leaving at four 45. Right. So like at four 40, I'm, you, you say a prayer before you leave. So I kneel down at the chair to say a prayer. And, uh, and there's well, like a, there's like a ticking time bomb going oh, on in your head. Oh, for sure. And so he walks over, he puts his shoes on 443, 444 dude opens the fridge and grabs some bread out. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to make a sandwich. I was like, like hell you are. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, I said, we both agreed we're leaving at 445, like, and then just gave it to him. And then he took the bread you know, sw just swung it around a couple times in a circle and just threw it into the fridge, just slammed the door. And we're like, <laughs> like, there's no way in the world that was productive or 
Yeah. Could have yep. possibly led to like spiritual lessons after that. But man, we left at 445. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That delusional obedience. Your poor companions. Oh, dude. If I, if I, I don't talk to any of them, like I, I understandably, like I, I had to have just been like, maybe this, they'll listen to this and be like, oh, I had, oh. I had to have just been this monster to these guys, just this militant. But on the other side, it was very productive for missionary work. I mean, every area I went to doubled in membership attendance. Wow. And baptisms were just great. You know what I'm saying? Like work-wise, no one would know. They're just no like, one would do anything. Like just do the machine. Hanging out with the members was like night and day to like talking to my companions. Like I felt like I should write these guys a letter. Like I feel <laughs> so bad. Like and I, and I can't like I couldn't help it. Like there's nothing. I was just barely hanging on myself. Like I was just doing whatever I could to not feel what you felt. Yeah. Have a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, those poor guys. So when you're, before you got this book, it sounded like you said it was a godsend, this book that kind of helped you understand what you were experiencing and, and little primitive practices on how, how to cope with it. But what kept you going? Like you said, you were kind of questioning your faith and obedience. It was just the anxiety of like, I must stay. I, I went through my journals and like, it's, it's, it's like every page is like, I'm not faithful enough. I'm not obedient enough. I'm not doing, if I was more enough. obedient, I need to do more, have this issue. And more and more, you know what I'm saying? I need to study more. And like, it, it, it was this like OCD mentality is crazy. Was it? How can I phrase this question? Was it obedience out of, well, I'm just going to ask it. Was it obedience out of fear? Yeah. Fear of feeling terrible. Yeah. But you felt terrible the whole time. Oh yeah. 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 But, and so. That's not true. Um, the more, so I, I did get seasons of like. A little relief. Relief. Like I, when I, later on, as I got better at coping, uh, I have, I had companions that I really got along with, like, and we just, we weren't super strict, but we were obedient. And, but we, you know what I'm saying? Like I had, I had a few companions that we just had a good time and they, uh, I still don't talk to them either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I love the guy. We still never talk. Like he's my best friend. One of them was Guatemalan, like served in the Guatemalan military and he was going back right after. So good luck tracking that guy down. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess uh, the the reason why I had asked, was it obedience out of fear is because I think that's kind of like a stigma with missionary work. Um, and not maybe even just being a member of the church. It's like, you know, there's a lot of maybe depression and anxiety surrounded about like being exact. And I'm not preaching being disobedient, but it's like, there's a spirit you know, you've heard it a thousand times. There's a spirit of the law yeah. and there's a, what is it? The letter of the letter law. Of the law. It, it's also a side effect of the anxiety. Like you get this idea and, and I, I've come across it a lot in just in general. Like if I'm righteous, whatever issue I'm having right now in my life will be lessened if I'm obedient. So if I'm more faithful, this might go away. If I'm more faithful, this might just be easier to deal with. If I'm more faithful, you know, uh, an angel will come down and I'll actually get a vision. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
people relate obedience to trials in their life. Like, oh, I got this trial because I wasn't obedient. Well, yeah. that's not true. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It can be true. You can bring stuff upon yourself from bad decisions you make, I, for sure. But because you get a trial and you didn't read your scriptures for a month, does not mean that that's why you got that trial. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's hard not to relate those things because we're taught all the time that if if you keep the commandments, you'll be blessed. Yeah. If you keep yeah. The for me, it was prosper. like where I felt the most peace was at the temple. And I was like, I just want to go there 24, seven, 365. Like, I don't even care to work. Like I couldn't go to the temple. I'll figure, well, I didn't have a temple on my mission. I'm talking about oh. post. It's no, like, no, I was like the opposite. I like, found what made me happy and I couldn't chase it. And that alone made me, so I don't know. That's the, I don't even know why I'm talking. The inability about be, you, the inability to be perfect kept me from going to the temple. You never felt worthy enough. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, crazy. Well, crazy. let's, let's talk about that. Did, was there ever moments on your mission where you never, you didn't feel worthy for a blessing you were receiving? No, I guess I had this idea that if you're, hundred percent obedient and righteous, you should be getting all these blessings. You should be getting all these baptisms. Like you should be like on this mantle, like bronze coated in the center of this area. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a statue in the yeah. town center. Just like, you that, you're, 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 Martinez. was that one of your delusions? Like in every downtown, those statues are <laughs> your former <right>. missionaries. <laughs> it's just a bronze yeah. cast of elder Martinez's right arm yeah. at a, at a 90 degree angle in the church. You hang towels on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the baptismal clothes. Yeah, dry, dry on. <laughs> yeah. See that arm? That's elder Martinez's Martinez, arm. Right? Don't you touch it. He's <laughs> <laughs> not worthy yet. Uh, so the sad thing is you served before anxiety is now talked about way more than it used to be. Yeah. That's pretty taboo still. What, what advice would you give to a missionary that is having those experiences? I honestly think that part of your two things, part, part of your pre-missionary medical should be a mental health screening. For every for sure. They, every, they've added that. Have they? Have mm-hmm. they? And if you test on that, if, if you, if, if you've had experiences in the past, then there's, it's a little more in depth. Yeah. They should keep you stateside mm. and allow you to get some part different of your, types of medications or whatever. Yeah. Part of your morning routine. Um, and I, fir- I strongly believe in, uh, meditation. Every missionary should be required to meditate for 10 to 15 minutes a day. Everyone. It's just so healthy for you mentally. Just everyone. It's so good for you to, to disassociate yourself from your thoughts and, and to just be in the moment all the time. And it's, there's so much science behind it and it's helped me just immensely. And, uh, the more and more I read about it, like it should, it should be part of every mission. It'll help them just decompress from the stress of like, like our mission was the, our, our mission theme was baptized weekly. Ooh. Yeah. And, and, and people were doing it. And it was baptize and retain. And I remember sitting, <clears throat> this is a little funny, sitting in a, in a multi-zone conference and they were talking about how our mission is a 95% retention. And hold on. Like, okay. okay I, just, awesome. I just gave Tim yeah, like is, a crazy yeah, look. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, that is amazing. Well, That's like, they considered retention if you baptize someone and then they got confirmed a member they consider that contain or retained oh so I'm, I'm sitting there and everyone's like clapping they're like we're the highest retention in like 
Central America and everyone's just applying. And I'm like, am I taking, there's 5% of people not getting confirmed. Like, yeah. wait a second. Like, let, like, me, let me understand. Am this. I understanding this wrong? Like, and everyone's clapping and I'm like, I, I'm just, all right, I'm cool. Like, we're cool. Wow. That's cool. So, and then the other part of this, and we haven't talked about it much and I don't want to name your mission president by name, but he, he obviously wasn't prepared or aware of how to help you. I'm sure he wanted to. I don't think any mission president would. I don't think he was malicious at all. What, what like playing devil's advocate, like what's kept you in the church, even though you had such a terrible experience trying to get help in, in a third world country and you're alone and you're away from your family and friends and the person that's supposed to be looking over you can't help you. Um, doing it on your own, I think played a huge part in it. I think there's that there's a difference in having faith in the gospel and a testimony of the gospel and having a personal relationship with Jesus and with God. And I think that I was able to, to bypass like what the mission president was or wasn't doing and then just go straight to God and be like, Hey, it's me and you like either I'm not making it through this or you're dragging me through this because I know it's not on my own will and my own power. Cause I am not okay. And so I slowly, like it helped me just build this immense like faith in, in God. Like I, I know that when I was really, really, really bad, like delusional, I could say a prayer and be like, Hey, I just need, 10 minutes to be okay. And I would get it. And then I'd be right back in it. Yeah. And, and then like, and then I would pray like, Hey, can I have one day? I just want to be okay for one. I'm not talking like normal. I just want to not feel like I can't breathe. And adrenaline is just in my veins all the time. And, and I would get it. Like, so the reprieve was him saying like, Hey, I know you have in this trial and I understand it and it has to be, but here's, you know, a little something. And then, and then, you know, from there I, I was able to just individual different doctrines, you know, learn kind of about build. them on my own and kind of build upon that. The, the doctrine to me, I know is, is a major issue for a lot of people, but, but to me it's not, um, it's kind of secondary to me. I think the church is a really a guidance counselor almost like to help us do the right things to get that faith, to build that relationship with Jesus and God on our own. Cause that's the ultimate goal, right? Is to be with them and build a relationship with them. So whatever the church does should be leading us towards that. Read your scriptures every day, pray every day, go help someone else. Like those are things that are helping us build that relationship and not the other way around. Like, you don't build a relationship with Jesus to know if the church is true. Like it helps, but that's not the goal. The goal is the other way around. That's interesting that, and I love that you brought up a relationship. It's about don't let your religion get in the way of your relationship. Some of the, yeah. s- the some of the people in Honduras have such immense faith in Jesus and relationships with them that, I, they have to be getting miracles and have to be getting some just amazing blessings and not be part of the church. Like it can't not happen. Yeah. There's two things. I think it's awesome that, you know, it seems like out of all of this, 
darkness and this thing that followed you, the one thing you got out of it was a very personal relationship with your heavenly father. And there's one thing that just kind of popped into my head. And I, I, I think it's true. There's a difference in a trial of faith and a difference in a trial in your testimony. Yeah, for sure. And it seemed like you, your testimony was always there, but it, no matter how hard your, the trial of your faith was, you relied on that testimony or the, the knowledge that if you asked for 10 minutes of feeling normal, that you would get it. Yeah. And, and the only reason I had thought to ask for stuff like that was because in elementary school, I had a lot of like tummy issues <laughs> and I would have to IBS. like, I would, yeah, I would have to like, <laughs> I remember I would have to like, I'd get like, Oh, I gotta go potty. Please. I don't put my pants at recess. Yeah. And I would like, <laughs> and I remember I would like say a prayer and oh, really? it would like subside for it until I can make it to the potty. So that's when like that, just like the faith started pop back in my head. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's like, let me just ask for something rudimentary then, a little basic. Yeah. So hindsight, it's been 15 plus years. Has it been 15 plus years since you served? Uh, yeah, I'm looking right at, I'm looking at these pictures right here and 06. some of them are from 2005. Okay, so almost 15 years since he served. What advice would you give to leaders in treating someone that has anxiety? Specifically the leaders. Like, and I'm not saying that you're the end all be all expert because if I was a leader in that situation, I'd probably say I'm not qualified and you need to speak to someone else. Yeah. Maybe know your limits. Like if someone's coming to you with mental stuff and you're not, a, you know, you're not in that realm, maybe refer them to someone or if someone's coming to you with, you know, other kinds of issues that you're not, maybe ask for some guidance yourself from those professionals, you know, and consult God um, and understand that like obedience to one elder is not the same as obedience to someone. Like there's rules in the mission and elder carpenter, the AP given a hundred percent is different than, you know, elder Manis who has depression. Like maybe elder Manis just waking up and staying in the mission is a hundred percent and God's pleased with that. Yeah. So maybe ask like leading questions and, and, and questions to figure out where they are. Like, do you feel like you're doing your best and giving your all right now? Yeah. Okay. Well, then whatever they're doing, regardless of what that stern rule is, appearance. is yeah. now the new norm for them. And, and maybe, you know, give them assignments based off of, you know, that kind of effort and, and the things where they're at in their life. Yeah. The way that I described it was, the hundred, the hundred percent now that I'm giving you now is 75% of what it was last month or whatever, but it's a hundred percent of what I could give you right now. Oh, for sure. And that's a good way changes, to put it. You have kids, you get older, like yeah, that's a good seasons. way to put it. Yeah. I think that I, I do think that's important for, for leaders to know bishops, mission presidents, even if you're a, a zone leader and you are, have different elders and sisters, it's, you have to understand a trial or whatever that you, the people that are under you are going through is so individual and you have to understand individually what's going to make that person succeed. And, and because so, two people in the same situation, you know, Zach's got four kids. I have four kids and you got three dude. Well, I know I'm just saying, okay. in the same, in the same, you know, if you had four kids and I had four kids and you were still making it a temple every month and I'm just not doing it. 
does not mean that Zach's just a more righteous human being. Like it, the, the capabilities of people are different and the, the ability, their, their mental capacities are different. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, again, Jordan had brought this up earlier that we talk, at least I know I've mentioned in a couple episodes, how inspiring and how spiritual and how, you know, mission presidents are called of God and, and how much I've looked up to my mission president. But at the same time, like Jordan said, that these mission presidents are, are men just like all of us, you know? Yeah. I, I'm sure he was a great mission president. I mean, I was in Belize for most of it. So, you know, his main focus was the motherland in Honduras with the other, however many hundred missionaries there were. And I'm sure, I mean, the, he, the guy did, he did what he, he yeah, I'm the sure best, he, I'm sure he did the best. Thing I'm he sure could. he wasn't mental health trained in 2005. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm sure he was just like, what works with other missionaries work harder. Like, yeah. And I feel like that's kind of been the default answer even for the longest time. I, even when I served a mission five years after you did. And yeah. And I know I have, uh, some family, um, we're going to get them on the podcast. They worked in the mission office in Montana and they said, Hey, it's a big issue that the mission president has to deal with, you know, and it's not necessarily work harder. It's, you know, there, there's a lot of people, a lot of elders and a lot of sisters that are going out now that fight these same battles that you fought. And that's a tough call. I don't know how I'd handle as a mission president, all these people coming to me with like there's gotta be some discretion in, in figuring out what's real, what's not, what is just normal mission struggle and what is like mental health struggle. I'm sure they overlap somewhere there. There's a gray yeah, area where yeah. it's a little bit of both, but like when a missionary walks in and says, I'm not okay. I'm having these like day visions and like, I can't breathe. Like, you know, there's a clear line where someone's yeah. not, there's a clear line where someone's not okay. Yeah. So reflecting back on your mission, this is a, it's a question I ask everyone, but like, what do you miss the most about your mission? Do you miss your mission? Like, do you have positive memories associated with it? Oh, for sure. Like I said, for sure. The people were awesome. I miss like towards the end of the, the journal, I was just like, I, I could just go around talking to people all day. Like I, if missionary work and preaching the gospel were the only thing I had to do on my mission, it would have been a breeze. I would have had zero issues. Like if I could have just flow, flew solo, no anxiety, just out there preaching like a rebel, it would have been the best time of my life. I had no problem talking to people. I had no problem preaching the gospel. I had no problem testifying to people that were difficult to testify to. Um, I had no problem like commiserating with people who had a hard life and like just seeing the human side. I mean, it's a third world country. Honduras yeah, is yeah. like, I went to church. I remember I went to church and they, they, these guys had four walls and running water and they were preaching about how could they help the poor people in their ward. And I was beside myself, just like, how awesome are these people, you know? And so like, I could have just hung out and, and chilled. And, you know, for, if that was the only thing I had to do was preach the gospel, it would have been the easiest thing I ever did. Like I loved it, you know, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. So, oh, sorry, Jordan. I asked Jason this, um, Jason has a handful of boys and you have a son too. Mm -hmm. And so when your son let's say gets out of his hover car 
And he's like, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> and he's like, dad, I think I want to serve a mission. What would you sit down and tell him? I'm like, Oh, tell me about your mission, dad. What would you, what would you sum it? How would you sum it up for him? Um, it was the, the best and fastest way to get close to God. to build that relationship with heavenly father and to understand the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. I don't think you can beat a mission in gaining a testimony and, and, and relying on them. Cause there's a lot of situations where there's no way on your own power, you're getting out of those things. Like either words you have to say or feelings that have to be had to, to calm someone down. Like, like the emotional side of the spirit doesn't get talked about a lot, but people get pacified a lot, you know, and people get the spirit touches their heart and changes their mind a lot. And it's, it's, it's awesome to see that and it's faith building. And so, yeah, it's, it's the quickest way for you to get close to God. I think it takes a solid two years to do it, but <laughs> yeah, it takes a, it takes two years to understand how to do it in a lifetime to, yeah, to keep it going. Yeah. And honestly, if, if you can handle a mission, uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Life is so much harder than a mission ever will be like it, <laughs> missions are tough. And then life just piles on top of that. Yeah. That's the, it's a fun thing about doing this podcast. And the tough thing is we want to get people to be excited about going on a mission about all the changes, but like, we're not going to sugarcoat it. I understand the reality. Like it's difficult talking to Tim. We, we talk, you know, the best two years, Tim's like any two years of my life were better than those two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just pick two. Yeah. But, but the thing is like life gets harder and harder. And as three return missionaries, we can testify that our lives are so much harder than they were on the mission, but on the mission, you learn certain things like Tim with the relationship that he's cultivated with heavenly father and with Jesus Christ and his understanding of the atonement. And, um, it, it sets you up for success for the rest of your life. But like success is like a roller coaster, like it's up and down and it's hard and it's difficult. And we, we still have, you know, faith crises and we still go through issues and Tim still is working with anxiety. It's not something that's left him. It's something that he's working with, but he's at least at a point that he can talk about it and he can reflect on it. For yeah, sure. I never thought I'd talk about it. Like really publicly like this. <laughs> no. well, it, it was on ways. And it was when I was on my mission that they came out with the adjusting a missionary life pamphlet. And I think it was the first time the church kind of, at least to my knowledge was like, Hey, anxiety is a real thing before what, like Zach was saying when he left on his mission, even when I left, it was, if you're having issues, like, the the common thing was read Gordon B. Hinckley's experience when he had issues and the letter he got from his father was forget yourself and go to work. Yeah. And that, that I think is, a lot of mission presidents ran with that. Yeah. And again, it's like, like I said earlier, it's the, the spirit of the law and the, well there, and there's a difference in, in like situational depression and right. anxiety, like momentarily. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. it came with the situation and like, inherit it runs in your family it hasn't manifest yet but it it will in a stressful situation especially like a mission like definitely find out your family history like my dad had it <laughs> yeah and yeah that's a good know, point i got brothers and sisters who have other issues you know what i'm saying like figure that out because if there's a time for something to manifest itself it's in the mission yeah 
Yeah, you definitely, you're, you're a young man or a young girl and you're in your own little bubble and you're playing Xbox or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're, you're worrying about other people's salvation. And am I, am I being a good tool or a sharp tool in the Lord's hands? And you know, you, your world kind of gets flipped upside down a little bit for the better, but you know, I don't think you can read as many scriptures as you want and you can listen to as many talks as you want, but nothing's going to quite prepare you for what you're going to go through. Uh, you can get pretty close, but yeah, yeah. Um, there's but, always going to be, there's, there's, there's going to be something that's going to rock your world a little bit, whether that's food, whether that's people, whether that's culture, whether that's faith crisis, but do everything you can prior to getting out to prepare. For Honestly, as, as hard as it was and, and for me, I, there's not someone that's contemplating going on a mission that I wouldn't look in the eye and try to nudge them towards it. And like, wow. you know, maybe help them prepare. Wait, say that again. I didn't understand that. I said for as hard, support someone going on as, as hard as it was for me, if someone's thinking about going on a mission, there's not anyone I would, oh, okay. I wouldn't nudge. Yeah. Oh yeah, for and, sure. And, and tell them like, you should do this, but you should do it with better communication with your parents and your family. And like, you know, my, my parents, knew I, oh, the whole time I was having problems, but a letter that took four weeks to get there, you know, mm. like that's some tough communication or you're an email once a week. Like it's not, if you're having some issues and, and the church has actually gone towards that. Like these guys are calling home every once a week. Right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. like you, maybe people who might super struggle and have to come home can stay out there because they're getting that weekly, like, help support support that they need to just chill. So yeah, but don't it's, it's, it was such a taboo topic, having anxiety and depression and like, do not be ashamed if you're, you're suffering. Yeah, it's, it's not at, so 50% of people in the U S are on some sort of antidepressant or anti-anxiety pill. 50% like one at one out of every two people you walk by today is taking something. Jeez. Mm -hmm. And how many people talk about it? Like one, and that's, that's just people taking stuff. That's people who said, I can't handle this. I'm going to the doctor. Like not people who are just like, don't even realize what's going on and are just not okay or just suffering through it. So like it, I'm a huge like advocate of people getting help. I would rather everybody in my family and everybody I know think that I'm crazy and feel okay because I went and got some help than to walk around like I did for two years. Like it's not worth it. It's not worth feeling like that. And if anyone feels like that and you feel alone, please go get some help. Talk to someone, give me a call, give Jordan a call, like talk <laughs> to someone. I'll give you some books and some links and just get you started on your own. Like it's, it's nobody deserves to feel like that. Nobody. I think that's a, I mean, that's, that's a call to action, right? So if you are listening to this and you might be preparing for a mission and you are feeling some of the things, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, you know, we'll help in any capacity that we can, whether that's like Tim said, uh, referencing you to a book or, or getting somebody to talk to, um, our mission with this is to strengthen everybody and no matter what you're going through again, don't feel, don't hesitate to reach out. Can I give him your phone number, Tim? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Tim, thanks again for, for coming on and, and sharing your experiences and, um, yeah, just, Tim's got an awesome testimony and it's a tough, a tough thing that he went through and I'm ha having him as a brother-in-law. He's like one of the hardest working people I know. And 
I don't know. Growing up, I always thought anxiety, people with anxiety are like immediately like just lazy or paranoid and you did not see that in Tim at all. And then for him to open up, I know is, is tough and new and I appreciate him doing that. Thank you. You guys are the best. Aww. <laughs> well, if this podcast has helped Smash you, out, that like button. That's right. <laughs> Tim has a kid, so he knows his yeah. YouTube subscribed to so many. I make I make fake YouTube videos all the time. Let's pause a second. Hit the like button. Subscribe. That's right. Like and subscribe. Hit the bell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have uh, yeah. If you if you like this episode, uh, we would appreciate uh, a good review on iTunes. We've gotten a handful, and we'd really appreciate it. It helps us rank. Until then, we will post this on Sunday.